culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories, probably of my neighbors. There have been a lot while I've been quarantined. Some adorable memes and some really cute selfies because I know how to get the lighting just right. I also do some really wild TikTok in the moment because I'm home and I'm fucking bored and I just need something to, to, to stimulate my mind. So there are a lot of really bad dancing videos and what I think are really funny creative videos on my TikTok. My TikTok name is Zach Talk TikTok. Um, we have so much reality TV, pop culture, Bravo news to break down because I feel like I'm not the only one in the world going crazy. I feel like some of our Bravo celebs are going crazy as well, which is why today's guest I'm so excited to have on because she loves reality TV just as much as I do. She's never bland, which is why I'm so excited to chat with her about all the latest happenings in Bravo land. Please welcome the host and creator of Bravo Happy Hour, Megan O'Donnell. Hey, thanks for having me on. Okay, your intro music got me pumped the fuck up. I was like actually fit something like the situation at yes. a nightclub in 2008. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be for. Like you just took a shot of tequila and you're like out on some strip in Miami and you're about to get lit. <laughs> or even like running on the treadmill, like running at like a 5.9 and then like running really fast on an incline. Like that's yes. exactly the sound I want to hear. Oh. You are like killing me right now because I wish I could run on the treadmill right now and I can't because my gym is closed. Damn it, Megan. Dude, I feel the same way where I'm like, I actually actively want to move and work out. Like that's how bad it's gotten for me where I'm like working out would be nice. No, <laughs> Going I went, to the gym would be great. I went to the liquor store today because I'm tired of making my own. I love making my own cocktails, but I went to the liquor store today and I bought like a big case of White Claw. And he's like, is that oh, yeah. all? And I'm just like, yes, that's all. Thank you very much. Can you just tr- can you just run my card? <laughs> yeah, I don't no, need I toilet like, paper. My money. I don't need toilet paper. <laughs> I don't need meat. I don't need vegetables. My refrigerator is stocked. I've gone to Whole Foods already, <laughs> sir. Just give me my white cloth. <laughs> well, I like that liquor stores are now being considered essential, which I think is a real uh, a truth for our society. <laughs> it is. I just hope we're not. We don't end up like some of these Midwest uh, towns that are now closing down liquor stores and banning alcohol purchases. I'm like, no, like this is the time that we need it. This is not the prohibition. No. 
exactly. Well, I was thinking like I live in the city, like Manhattan, and I keep thinking like I can't wait for there to be speakeasies kind of starting up because people are antsy out there. Like I had a couple oh, of friends yeah. who were bugging out when they said bars were closed. I'm like, all right, just sit inside, and make dinner. But then, yeah, after like a week and a half of me being like, yeah, I'm sitting at home, and now I'm like. I just would love to go to like a delicious Mexican bar and get like the margarita and some guac. But I'm like, okay, it all makes sense. It makes sense. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny (laughs) because people would be like, people will text me and they'll be like, so what are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go to this concert tonight or maybe I'll just like hit the club. (laughs) And then they're like, what? Something's open. And I'm like, no, you moron. Like, no, nothing is open. I'm obviously being sarcastic. I'm stuck at home and I'm the last person. And I've already told all of my friends, I'm like, if if you catch me at one of these virtual dance parties that people are doing, that's when you know it's time oh. to put me down. Like I'm not swipe left. No, there's there's got to be an end to this. I have a fashion show uh, tonight at my job over Zoom where I guess we all drink and put on wacky outfits. Oh and I, my boss was like, "You have to come because I'm not it." <laughs> and I'm like. I can't wait to attend. I won't be late. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm sick. Like anything to get me out of going to this thing. I know. Now Very we're, happy if you're listening. <laughs> no, now we're at a point where like we can't get out of anything because like we're all stuck at home. Like exactly. we can't they be like, sorry, I'm busy. Like we're like, no, we have to say yes now. Sorry, I've been doing nothing for nine hours. I have to do nothing for the rest of the night as well. Sorry, right. <laughs> okay, so before we start dissecting all the news, you're, you have a podcast called Bravo Happy Hour, which is also your Instagram account, which has really funny Bravo memes. Can you tell us what Bravo Happy Hour is about and where people can, can consume that content? Yeah, of course. So Bravo Happy Hour is just a new show about Bravo people. So every Monday, I'm kind of just switching up the format a little bit. So in the next like, few weeks, this will become true. But every Monday is about an hour, hour and a half long episode where we talk all about the news spans from every show on the network. You know, it could be someone on Top Chef has a baby or, you know, whatever. Some idiot on Vanderpump Rules is racist again. You know, so it kind of can talk about yeah. anything. And it happens. The thing I find fun about it is that you talk about what's happening in real life. And then, you know, in seven, eight months, we see this play out on screen. And so I find it fun and kind of psychotic to see, like, what things the editors will choose to put in for each person and each show. And, you know, some people, they do really dirty. Some people, the editors kind of, you know, shield a little bit from the realities of their situation. So it's kind of just fun to analyze uh, what these crazy people are up to. And then I'm kind of pivoting to to have Thursday episodes be bonus episodes where we just deep dive into anything. Like I really am obsessed with Real Housewives of Atlanta and they had like a workout video duel, like I think in season five where it was like donkey booty versus fine booty. So like an upcoming episode is like, I'm going to do both workout tapes and then, you know, give like a critical analysis of both and tell, and I will be the one who decides which is better, donkey or fine booty. So kind of like stupid shit like that. Um, Cause I think it's really fun uh, to spend all my nights and weekends uh, talking about Bravo. <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. You can listen to it anywhere you, you hear things. 
I love it because I, especially right now, like we had to up the show to three episodes a week, which is kind of killing me at the moment. Cause I'm like, That's my crazy. taping schedule is now, cause I have all the fucking equipment at home that like, I don't have to be in studio, which I love that I have that luxury. But like at the same time, I'm also kind of like, but like now I have to do everything. Like normally like the people that I have that help record when we're in studio, like they're all like quarantined in their home. So I'm like trying to figure everything out. <laughs> but I love that. Um, we have shows like yours um, and this is why I love doing my show is because like it gives people like a nice escape from everything that's going on right now mm-hmm. and all the heavy news. And I like the one rule on the show is like, we're not allowed to say coronavirus and we're not allowed to say COVID-19. We're just going to talk all <laughs> about anything and entert- anything mindless at the moment. You know what I mean? Like just to give people like, p- so that people know that they can come to the show and get a nice break and an escape from like quit Twitter right now is like the wild west. And it is like so <laughs> feist. Like Twitter is always vile, but like right now I'm like, I can't even go on Twitter because I'm gonna like die. I'm gonna be so afraid of everything that they're tweeting. <laughs> yeah, no, people on Twitter really are psychotic. And I mean I get it on Instagram Messenger or two where people will like DM me horrific things. I'm like, you are a perfect stranger, man. Like if you're so like pissed off about what I said about Corona on my show or like you know, a political thought. You know, I don't really go into politics on my show. Yeah. Either it's like no one wants to fucking hear that. And like, I, you know, people will go wild. And I'm like, damn. It's so funny. It's involved when it's they're like- behind the keyboard oh yeah when they're behind the keyboard they will go like all sh- sorts of apeshit crazy but it's it's so funny because i'm just like like i under like people know like politics is one of the topics that's like you know that nobody likes to really dive into because everybody is so politically charged on one way or the other um but i didn't know that like corona was going to be the one thing that like really <laughs> divided our country right now i know and it's it, it, it's difficult to like talk about anything that's even happening now without it, because this is something that has affected every single person on, in our planet, you know, frankly. And so it's interesting to see like how these reality stars and how all these like mega famous people have been dealing with it. Who's been standing up, who's been donating millions of dollars, who's been fighting to build masks. So you can kind of see like the different, uh, just ways of handling this pandemic like the people on Vanderpump Rules are like la 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 like who cares like suck it old people you're just gonna die <laughs> you know like they're so, so flippant about it and then Bethany Frankel's like I've made 500,000 masks in a weekend like come at me bro we just have to it's be strong to me. Megan we have to be strong <laughs> <laughs> this is a crisis. This is a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> this is a crisis. Hashtag this is a crisis. Um, this is a crisis. <laughs> so if you could have a happy hour. So I did. I actually think you you filled out one of our quarantine, our top five housewife quarantine. Um, like if you had to pick five housewives that you had to be quarantined oh, with yes. for the next week. So you did yours. Do you want to explain your answers or like justify some of yes. your answers? Justify. Okay. I wrote it down and then I really like spent like 30 minutes like going through this today being like, why would I want to be quarantined with her? So I first have to go with Portia Williams from, from the Raja Zazmana. One, I would say she's the cutest baby and I really love babies. Mm-hmm. So that's huge for me, like getting to play with a baby. And then I also know that her mom always lives with her and her mom is always at making the most delicious looking Southern food every time mm-hmm. they're like hanging out at the house. So that I think would be a real plus for me. It wouldn't be good for my body and my, you know, my blood levels. <laughs> like I think I might get physically ill or at least I'd leave, but only hopefully for a couple months. 
So that's definitely one person I would want to be with. She's also so fun and you know people on screen who like really make you like laugh out of your gut and you're like, yeah. wow, I can't believe someone on Bravo is actually making me like laugh out loud. Yeah. That's kind of why I put her first. I do not want to really be near her fiance, Dennis, but mm. you know, whatever. I'll deal with him. If he can supply us with unlimited hot dogs, I I won't complain. <laughs> <laughs> And then I chose Monique Samuel and Stephanie Holman from The Real Housewives of Dallas and Potomac. I kind of put them together because they both are moms to young kids. And so I feel like their snack game would be really strong. They'd have like fruit snacks, Dunkaroos, like they'd have every kind of like pita chip. They have like the garlic parmesan flavor. Like I feel like both of those moms really go above and beyond to keep like an incredibly stocked snack cabinet. And for me, that's, that's half of what I do all day long is just snack and eat yeah. and repeat and repeat and repeat. <laughs> so that's why I would hang out with Jim. Clearly, I'm like only obsessed with eating because that's my top, top three reasons for my top three house size. Mm. <laughs> and then I think I would go with Margaret Joseph from the Real Housewives of New Jersey because she seems like someone where we, we'd wake up, we'd drink coffee until like three o'clock on our PJs together, hang out. Maybe we do like an hour or two of working from home. Like all of a sudden I would start being like, you know, an assistant to her, <laughs> her fashion line or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. Oh God. Oh, Macbeth Collection. Yeah. I'd become like an account director at Macbeth Collection. Yes. And we would like work together. And I feel like she's a good case in movies too. Like we'd watch like 90s rom-coms together and she'd be like, oh, let's watch Love Actually, but it's really in March and so it's kind of fun. She has, you know, she has no rules. This is like my fan fiction, by the way. Oh, I love it. I love all the commentary. <laughs> and then I would have to end the quarantine with Sonia Morgan because she's a drinking buddy, you know, feel night till 4 a.m. with, and then wake up at 10 a.m. and do a yoga class and pretend like the whole night before didn't happen. And so I feel like once I get to the point where I'm like, I need to be aggressively drinking through this quarantine, that's when I would take a, a town car from Margaret's house in Jersey to Sonia's townhouse. <laughs> and the two of us would just drink uh, cocktails with brown ice. Oh my God, I love it. Uh, yeah, Sonia was on. Sonia, I don't think did I put. I don't think I put Margaret on mine, but Sonia was definitely on mine. Um, just because like you need somebody that's gonna be zanier than you are, especially as we're like losing our minds through all of this. Like you need somebody that's gonna like be way more unstable and can still entertain you. Exactly, and also she's like a wild card sometimes you need that i feel like she'd be like let's go try to go to a restaurant or like let's do something illegal like i feel like so parties like she hosts her what was it like yes. her gay parties on thursday yes. <laughs> my gay wednesday party <laughs> like i feel like she's that's actually gonna be the cqp i was talking about earlier it's at the townhouse and it's just filled with gay men and Sonia morgan which yeah. like actually is my dream come true <laughs> you have no idea so in my building <laughs> we probably live i feel like downtown la is like somewhat it's the, the closest you're gonna find to new york in los angeles so i live in downtown i live in a high-rise um i have a loft here in downtown la and so they've closed all of our amenities so we're basically 
only like quarant like we're stuck in our apartments unless we have to leave out the front doors downstairs. But so they also just got rid of all of the staff in the building. And so they originally wouldn't allow us for the past few days would not allow us upstairs to the rooftop or to any of the amenity floors. And now I'm just like, now I'm like, well, now I'm ready to be a road since you fired all the staff. Who's going to stop me? Like, there's no one. I'm going to be a rebel now. I'm going to go on the rooftop. I need some air. I'm going to have a white claw on the rooftop. That's kind of how I felt the other day. <gasps> That's vacation vibes. Right. White claw. What's the weather like in LA? Is it like sunny? No. So the, the worst part is it's been so cold and rainy. So it's just like doomsday weather. Um. The sun has been peeking its head out little by little throughout the week, but it's also been just like yesterday. It was like pouring rain and it was so gloomy. And I'm just like, this just makes me feel worse about being stuck inside right now. Uh, I know today is like completely raining when my parents house was like directly on the beach. I'm just staring at like a rough ocean and just fog and rain. My like, God, why can't the sun be out? Makes this day a little bit easier, but whatever. <laughs> can't leave any rain. Are you watching Shaz the Sunset at all? Oh my gosh. Shaz has been incredible this season. Uh, incredible in a per, like fucked up way. In a really like, dark every, way, yeah. Everything is, yeah. Like it's an amazing television show to watch, but like lives have been ruined. So, uh, how positive it is for them but I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot <laughs> so I had Adam on the show on Monday he was he called into he was supposed to come on and then we all got locked down and I couldn't go into the studio so we rescheduled his interview and he called into the show and then since he's quarantined at home with Reza like five minutes into the interview Reza just like takes the phone away from him and just like starts answering all the questions and like the tea that they oh spilled this week was wild like they were like talking about MJ's like former bank fraud when she was like cheating this uh, cheating the bank out of a hundred grand and then how she quit the show and she wasn't even supposed to be on the show this season like it's and then they go into all the Ali Ashuri stuff and it's it's a wild interview and I just want to know like what your like what side of the fence are you on right now are you team MJ are you team Reza like what are you thinking oh I'm definitely on team MJ however I do think MJ stirred the pot as she has always done and as everybody on this show does. But I don't think the words and the reaction that Reza felt were warranted. I don't think what MJ did warranted the type of freak out that Reza had on her. It's just unfair because, you know, she was like in the NICU, like almost dying with this baby. And then, you know, having your friend completely not <laughs> support you the entire time call you and say all this terrible shit over like some dumb rumors that everybody knows is true, which is like the confusing part to me. See, that's the part that's hard for me. Cause like I'm, I feel like the, the natural sense would be to be team MJ, but listening to the other side of the story, I'm like, but so like they, they you have to listen to the interview. I had Reza on the show or a few weeks ago. Right. And then Probably I had them. Amazing. And then I had them both, they were both on the show this week um, on Monday's interview. And so it's just, they like have so many receipts and like, like there's just so much backstory that I'm, I would love to have MJ on the show now to get her backstory Ooh. of everything because like <laughs> they have like so many text messages and receipts that like prove that like they were trying to be there for MJ when she was in the hospital and she was telling them, no, don't come to the hospital. And then she didn't want 
want them to come on to come visit her because she wasn't going to be on the show. And then she apparently set up Ali Ashuri to like help her get back on the show because production ended up letting her go. Like it's why the tea that they spill is wild. Like normally our interviews are 30 minutes and this was an hour long episode. So it was like there wow. was so much in it. But um, I just wanted to know what side like how, what you were uh, as a as a viewer where you were on on the whole Shaza Sunset drama. I still think like there's definitely a lot that's going to be panning out in the next few weeks, but I yeah. do think it just is going to get dirtier. And you know, Ali Ashuri is going on podcasts and talking shit. Clearly, Reza and Adam have he no tried to get on this podcast. He tried to get on my show. Ali? He reached out to me. Yeah, and then wow. I ultimately, I ultimately ended up telling him, or not telling him no, but I ultimately we could have like made it work in studio with him. Had I really wanted to, we could have done like a last minute taping. But then I was like, you know what? No, it just didn't feel right to me because I saw that he was doing like a podcast junket where he was trying to sell his mm-hmm. story to everybody. And then I was just like, and and to me, he had called and was like, I'm going to be on Heather McDonald's show. I would love to come on your show afterwards. And to me, I was like, his whole thing was he just wanted his side of the story to be heard, which originally was like, everybody deserves to have their story told. But then once he told me that he was already doing Heather's podcast, I was like, well, that's a really big podcast that if you want to tell your story, <laughs> yeah. you you can do it there and like you don't need to do any other shows if you're really just trying to get your side out there. Um, and he also like promised a bunch of like receipts and tea that he was going to spill. And I don't I listened to his interview with Heather and I don't think he spilled anything groundbreaking. Also, I find that so exploitative. Like, you know, he's like, I want to spill all this tea and say all this drama. Like, do you not like I understand where his situation in the whole processes where it's like he's the one who like a year after all these texts were happening starts blowing up resin adam spot yeah you know yeah a year after it like i do think that that's not cool and then he's kind of desperado for attention and it's kind of clear that you see and also once i started realizing more and more about how they all became friends like ollie and Adam became friends at like some dinner party, they said, and then they all started hanging out and he was Persian, so he's like, Oh, Reza, my husband's Persian, da 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 and they all started hanging out. And so it's actually interesting that like this guy, Ali, like, yeah, they've only been friends for four years, but he did kind of come on as a Klingon and then shockingly enough became best best friends with every single person in the group. I do kind of think that's a little weird and a little opportunistic because I think he moved here from like the Midwest or something and he had already been watching the show so he was aware of all the characters and it's kind of like it makes me feel like Brooks from the Real Housewives of OC like where he like was he had been like watching what Vicky was doing and the things that she needed and she's like I need my love tank filled and he's like baby I'll fill your love tank and he did every single thing that she ever talked about wanting so it kind of felt like it was the same situation where this guy kind of just came in, knew exactly what MJ wanted a friend, knew Adam was, you know, maybe potentially a little bit thirsty and like down to maybe like then sexy texts and Ollie's really handsome. So that could have been something that was clearly happening. And so I understand where that kind of comes in where they're like, yeah, you're a star fucker. Like you're trying to be famous. Stop riding on our coattails. But then I think at a certain point where it's like, Adam, like, if you are saying those things, you do need to be held accountable for them. And if he was so uncomfortable and you guys haven't talked in months because of it, then you do need to look at your actions. But it's clear as day you two are, like, in an open relationship. And that's fine. I just yeah. think maybe Adam's family and maybe Ryza's family both aren't crazy about the open relationship thing. Yeah. Like, because that, I think, would be the only realized reason why, um, you know, they have 
such a big issue with the world knowing you potentially are in an open relationship. Like, who cares, dude? Like, it's 2020 and also, you live in LA. Also, according to them, according to Reza and Adam, the text messages and the photos and the gifts and all of that stuff that Ali accused Adam of sending, Adam says that they, it wasn't one way that they would both send them back and forth to each other. And that the receipts that Ali brought on the show only show, they show that he deleted his side of the messages, but they have the side that shows that he was going back and forth with them. And what ended up ending their friendship was a trip that they took to Vegas when, um, they, I don't know, they saw that Ali was trying to insert himself into certain scenes on the show and then that they just kind of gotten, they got a little turned off by Ali based off of the trip that they went on. I guess it was for MJ's bachelorette party and that's really when they stopped kind of talking to him and that's when most of the group stopped talking to him and that they hadn't had much communication with him since April of 2018, which is why it was so interesting that he then came back on the show and then brought up all of this drama um, that was about their relationship. I think there may be, I think when there's smoke, there's fire and there's maybe something within their relationship that they're not disclosing. And I think maybe it is that they have a bit of an open relationship or they're allowed to play together or whatever the rules are. It's clear that they're trying to protect that because too many people are saying that they step out of their relationship and that, you know, there are some, there are parameters that aren't fully disclosed on in public. Yeah, I think that's true. It's crazy. It's why I'm like Are salivating at all of it. You definitely need to get MJ on your show. To yeah. Have like a trifecta. I would and love all three, to. All three opinions. Actually four. Get Ollie on there too. And really have every single person involved. That'd be pretty cool. Oh my God. I don't know if she would actually do it now. I would love to get MJ on, but we've gotten like so much, we've gotten press from their interviews that like now I'm like, eh, I don't think she'll actually do it. Cause she probably thinks Aww. that the show's one sided, but I would, I've, the invite has been extended and I hope she does do it. Um, so let's dive into the news that's been going on over this past week. The first one that I'm the most excited about is Fofty Gate is back. <laughs> Fofty is in full effect right now. So Lala and Randall have announced that they're postponing their wedding, which to me sounds a bit ridiculous that they're already doing so when Stassi and Bo's wedding is supposed to be before Lala and Randall's and Stassi and Bo haven't made a decision yet. So 50 Oh, cent- no, I think Lala and Rand's wedding is in like, it was supposed to be like three weeks. Like it was definitely super soon, like sometime in is April. It? I, I thought it was supposed to be in July. I thought Lala and Randall... I think it got moved to July. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then I misunderstood it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I was, like, shocked when... I don't know. Like, I guess, like, a week ago, I was talking about my show. We were making fun of her because she's like, "Ah, I would never get coronavirus before my wedding. Like, corona's not going to stop anything from my wedding unless God wants me to have a lot of publicity. Like, wah, wah, wah. And then, like, a week later, she's like, hey, guys, um, coronavirus is real, and we're moving to wedding day. Like, okay, Lala. I'm glad you got your publicity. I love that 50 Cent's accusing them of not even (laughs) – he's, like, just saying that, like, nobody wants to show up to their wedding, and that's the real reason they're postponing it. I love how petty 50 Cent is. Like, he is just, like, petty spaghetti and, like, just has no shame in the shit that he says. None at all. Like the only person thirstier than Fifty Cent is Randall Emmett and Lala Kent. Like, and I feel like they've met their match with one another. And I hope this feud like never ends. And it's something I didn't know that would 
ever happen. Like I didn't think we'd have like 50 Cent involved in any Bravo, especially Vanderpump Rules drama, but here we are. Right. He's the last person. He's the last person you would ever think would be involved in like Vanderpump Rules Bravo drama, but he like loves it. Do you think I feel that, like he just loves drama? Yeah, he loves drama for sure. Do you think that there's any truth behind what he's saying about people not wanting to go to their wedding? I don't know. I, I guess I definitely think they changed it for like the genuine reason of coronavirus and yeah. it being unsafe for large groups to meet up. However, I wouldn't necessarily want to go to the wedding as a, like I would. I'm not dying to go if I had to go to any Bravo wedding. Like I'd rather go to Southie. Yeah, those one hundred percent. Granted, it's in Italy and that little peril right now, but I think they would potentially have like a random famous person, like really famous, because they always brag how Randall has all the famous friends. You know, like for example, Fifty Cent at, at one point, but he has all these random famous friends, and I think like you could get like a a random good celeb sighting, and I don't know. I I, I was. I would like to go. I think people are going to go. And there, he's got a lot of money. So I feel like they're going to have really bougie things. Like, actually, I don't even like know what a really bougie thing at a wedding is. I'm like, uh, what do rich people have? Uh, a tiger? Like, I don't a know. tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, what's crazy that someone could have? But I don't know. I think it'll be a good party. I don't think he's that well-liked by the celebrities that he... Brags about knowing TBH from my yeah, personal experience, from some behind the scenes stuff that I've now witnessed. I don't think that he, I think he likes to make it seem like he's a lot more liked and an insider than he actually is. Yeah. I think I said around my show once, like, he's the guy when all the coworkers are like, hey guys, like, let's go to happy hour after work. And everyone's like, nah, nah, nah. And he's like, come on guys, come on. And everyone's like, nah. And he's like, I'll buy the first round. And then the yeah. other three rounds, everyone's like, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like he's that guy. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. <laughs> with the PJ, like, and Jackson, he's like, yeah, I'm randomly like, uh, in my, in one of my group, you know, Miami, he just made up Cabo. Yeah, he took us to Cancun. And I'm like, okay, so he has actually done nothing. He's just started playing for you. And you're like, amazing. I hope like, you're one of my best friends now. Yeah, also because Jax is like the best person to judge a person's character, right? Oh my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you for the new season of Beverly Hills? A six. A six? I would say Why? six. Why? It just like I thought the trailer didn't give us anything. Like, what did the trailer show other than like another psychic coming around to maybe try to you know replicate the Alison Dubois moment that changed Housewives forever? <laughs> it seems pretty boring. Of course, there's going to be like the Denise and Brandy storyline, but I kind of find that a little exploitative. I think Brandy took advantage of Denise, and I always say Brandy's going to get her way back into holding a diamond one way or another, whether she has to, like, fuck her way back on the show and, like, in two seasons, her and Denise are getting married. But, like, she's going to be on the show. And so I kind of think it's a little ridiculous. Like, you know, you hook up with someone. between It's between the two of you, whether Aaron, you, or whatever. Like, it's between the two of you. And for Brandy then to be, like, filming scenes with Teddy and Kyle. 
and you guys don't even know the half of what happened between us. Just kind of seems like you're blowing up Denise's spot when she is a mom. You know, whatever she likes to do sexually is kind of like her, her own thing. Yeah. yeah, so Brandy to be like, oh, I'm going to put her sexuality on blast so that I can get, you know, <laughs> three scenes on Housewives this year. Just kind of seems messed up to me. But I, I mean, I can't wait to watch it, of course. But, so from but, what I've been know. following that <laughs> situation very closely, I did. it was last fall very when they were filming closely. it. And so from what I've gathered, it looks like Brandy and the trailer was edited to make it look like Brandy revealed the scandal between De- with Denise on air. But so from what I've gathered, Brandy revealed messages about Denise talking smack about the cast members, but she didn't actually, at least from what I've seen and read, she didn't actually bring up the affair on camera. Kyle and Teddy were the ones that somehow knew of the affair and then brought that to Lisa Renna, mm. who's the one that brought it up and who made it a storyline on the show this season that is lisa rinna's job they basically yeah. just like lob the ball up for her and then she just whack <laughs> yes <laughs> like, it's like, and then she's like it's not like yes own it. Technically it is. <laughs> I don't know. own it baby own it baby <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really, I think this is going to be a better season than what we got last season with the whole puppy gate thing. Like that was so dragged out. And we know that the Brandy drama doesn't come up until the end of the season. So I'm hoping that there's enough. What I really think they should do with Beverly Hills and even some of these other seasons is what they do with Jersey, where instead of having 22 episodes, they cut it down to like 16 episodes and cut out all the, you know, all the extra fat of these boring Mm -hmm. dragged out filler episodes, like make the season shorter, give us some really good episodes so that you can sustain your ratings and don't give us these boring middle episodes that aren't really giving us much, you know? totally and i think with beverly hills their ratings are always really high and i think it's because viewers are literally just waiting for something to happen so it's like you know i've got to watch next week because maybe that crazy thing it's like oh no okay let's wait for next week because beverly hills Hills was so (laughs) iconic when it launched like we like season one with the fight in the limo and then taylor's husband committing suicide and her relationship with him and then kim and kyle like and then brandy coming in season three and the whole your sister's doing coke in the bathroom like seasons one through three iconic season four was a little bit of a miss with carlton and joyce but season five was like came back like it was so season five was like the Amsterdam. Don't you talk about my husband? Like seasons one through five, with the exception of four, were just so great that I think people just have hope that it's going to revive itself at some point. And I'm hoping that this season kind of does that. Yeah, I, I will give it a fair shot. I always do. I think people who watch Bravo are so black and white for no reason. <laughs> and like even people are like, it's like eight minutes into the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules, like the season premiere. And I'm like looking at Facebook threads being like, worst season of television. Oh, I know. It's never, never watching again. Fuck the show. I'm like, you people are psycho. Like wait it out until the full end of the episode before you go batshit crazy. And you spent that eight minutes crafting up this message and your ass knows you're going to watch it next week. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) you know, if you really have such a problem with the show, stop watching forever but i think people are so crazy that i mean i always i totally flip-flop but it's hard because 
I think for me, it's like episode by episode, like this past season of New Jersey Housewives. In the beginning, I was like, Jennifer Aiden's funny. Like, I, she makes me laugh. I like this story arc with her family. And then she's like sitting at dinner tables, like throwing knives at people and being like, women are not as smart as men, <laughs> you know, like openly saying stuff like that. And they're like, well, okay, my opinions are changing a little bit. And then I start flip-flopping and people will send me emails like, last week you said Jennifer Aiden was your favorite housewife on New Jersey. And this time you called her a dumb fuck make up your mind i'm like <laughs> but people like, can be great and then become a dumb fuck it's very yeah. easy <laughs> like like you yeah people don't give you people don't give anybody the opportunity to change their mind or to grow or to like have any sort of evolution they're like you said this on twitter 25 <laughs> years ago so this has to ring true today and you're a terrible person and it's like no especially with the show that's like 24 weeks on air like your opinion about certain <laughs> cast members is going to change at some point you'd think and also i think it should because it should. your it should. opinions on people in real life change too like you have a friend who's always been great and turns on you then you're like fuck you in real life in the same way you would be on a television show again granted like i spend way too much time and like emotionally invested in these people's lives <laughs> I know. um more than your average <laughs> but so Camille's come out on Twitter and said that she is not going to be as big of a part of the new season as I guess she hoped that she would be when they asked her to come back. And she said that she was disappointed that they didn't ask her to come back from the get go with all the drama she brought last season. Do you think Camille needs to be brought back in a full capacity or in any capacity at all? Uh, I would like to see how Garcelle and Fenton change up the group dynamic a little bit before I need to bring Camille back. I feel like Camille is like the person who's on the bench and they're like, okay, throw her in at the last, at the last minute to see what, like, what drama she can cook up. But I, I want to see what the other cast members can bring because what Beverly Hills is notorious for doing is taking a friend of and throwing them back in having them do all the drama and then never giving them a diamond or, you know, having them flesh out their actual lives on screen. And they have it with brand. Why the fuck are we giving Brandy all this time? You know, if you really wanted to, if we really cared about Brandy, you let her have, you know, her life on screen, but you kind of put these people in to kind of save the cast. And it's like, Oh, your main cast should be the strong people. Yeah. You know, you don't need, Camille, you don't need all the others. And I think that's why New York Housewives is perfect because they don't have the friend of, they don't they have care. the Marlo from, you know, they don't have Kim D from Jersey, like all of these, you know, people who end up coming on the show and really making a big splash. But in New York, it's like, you just need Luann and Ramona room for an hour and someone could easily end up with a black eye. Like, and you don't even know how it could start. Yeah. I think they need to give Brandy a diamond back. I think they need to retire Camille. I think Camille doesn't do it in a genuine way. Like she comes in too aggressive. And this is what I didn't like about her last season is it, it felt like she was trying too hard. You know what I mean? And I'm like, either, totally. and my thing is like, either throw them in or throw them out, but benching them and bringing them in when drama is needed is just like, eh. I'm curious to see what Garcelle and Sutton bring to the table. I don't think Sutton's going to bring very much because they announced her and Garcelle as two new housewives before the season started. And now they've cut Sutton. She's not in the cast picture and she's barely in the trailer. So I think they demoted her to oh. a friend of, um, 
likely if they didn't throw her in the shot. So she probably didn't bring what they were hoping or expecting that she would. And apparently Garcelle did. And I think Garcelle's actually going to do really well. I think Garcelle's going to be in the game for a minute. Well, she seems like a normal person who's successful and smart and maybe doesn't have as much of a chip on her shoulder as the other ladies do and can maybe open up about things. And she had like a very messy divorce where she like called out for that husband. Yeah. So I'm excited to see her bring a little bit of that energy into the show because everybody on Beverly Hills is very tight lipped about anything that doesn't make them seem perfect or rich or like to have their shit together. So I'm, I'm excited for some fresh blacks who might be a little bit, you know, not as buttoned stuff. And that's, I think why I really like watching Denise her first two seasons. Well, actually, you know, her first season has only been on for long, damn. But I enjoyed watching her her first season because she seems so normal. You know, you see Denise yeah. and you think, oh, big movie star, fancy, fancy, la, 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 like, you know, whatever. And she's was incredibly down to earth, you know, wore like old Navy flip-flops and like cargo shorts, like <laughs> on like a fancy vacation. <laughs> you know, and so I, I think that was nice because you see, oh, yeah, like, Sorry for just like us, you know. Yeah. In addition to her being like, "Oh, this is my Malibu beachfront property," uh, I'm like, "Okay, not bad." So while we're on the topic of Beverly Hills, Brandy Glanville naturally has stirred up a little tea online with her tweets. So apparently she's now feuding again with her ex, Eddie Cibrian, and his new wife, Leanne Rhymes, and she's accusing them of not letting them of not letting her see her sons during the quarantine have you seen any of her tweets i'm going to read them i haven't but that's upsetting and i i hope they can remedy that so she started by saying it's very crazy that i've been alone for this entire week and i can't be with my children because it happens to not be my week in our divorce settlement i think that this is a time that this is a time with special circumstances and i should be able to see them this is when people's true colors, Eddie, at Eddie Sebrion, at Leanne Rhymes, how truthful are your words? So it sounds like, I mean, in any divorce sort of settlement, if it's not your week, it's not your week. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, uh, you get them next week. Like, I know this sucks and you feel alone, but it's a lot. Like it's not their fault, you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, like they can't, they shouldn't have to give up their time because the government has mandated us that we stay in our house. Like, unfortunately, like phone a friend, girl, like Facetime your kids if they want to, you know, chat with mama or something, you know? Yeah, or even like I don't know, maybe something where you like cook dinner and they all come over and then he takes the kids back home. You know, I feel like. You know, you can maybe try to extend an olive branch as well, but I do think that they might have kind of, not necessarily a messy situation, but I feel like if any one little rift happens, it could become World War Three with them because they're all really, um, you know, I feel like they're all uh, what's what I'm, what's the word I'm looking for. You know, so I can see I can see this becoming a bigger issue where he's probably like, dude, you'll see them on Saturday. Like yeah. when you're supposed to, so please just like I under- take it off Twitter and then just perpetuates it on Twitter by yeah, she puts, it out to the universe. She puts everything on Twitter. And that's what people were giving her backlash for. They're like, airing this out on, on Twitter is not the place to do it. But like like I understand both sides of it. Like I understand she's at home and she's going crazy. Like I'm at home, I'm alone, I'm going crazy. But like <laughs> 
that doesn't mean you know your your ex should feel sorry for you and give you the kids just because you're at home alone like unfortunately like if that's what the courts worked out then like that's that's the deal you know yeah (sighs) no i've always felt bad for her yeah she's she's always kind of one i I have to like i have to do like a wellness check on every three weeks like check her tweets like check her insta just make sure she's she's still she's still with us I love Randy. Okay, so to close it out, let's talk about, so outside of Bravo Land, we have some beef, some reheated beef with Taylor Swift and Kanye West. <laughs> so originally, Taylor was accusing Kanye of saying that she never knew that um, he was going to call her a bitch in his song Famous. And then Kim Kardashian ended up releasing a video on Snapchat that showed that Kanye had actually called Taylor. And now we've gotten more from that video that Kim Kardashian, more than what Kim Kardashian released showing that Kanye and Taylor did have a conversation back and forth, but that he never actually uh, specified that he was going to call her a bitch in the song. And that's what she was more upset about. Did you get to read the actual transcripts from the video? I think I, I, I think I watched the whole video where he basically is like, yeah, and then I'm going to say like, I might have sex with you. And she's like, <laughs> sick. Like trying to be cool, but like you know, she's like dying on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he did leave out the part where he called her outside of her name and called her a bitch, which is, you know, uncool and, and frankly, not fair. I've always, I like don't like Taylor Swift. I think she's annoying. And I used to be a huge Kanye fan, but obviously in the last few years, like things have kind of changed a little bit. However, I've never understood why he had to go after her the way he did. I understand it was after Beyonce and her amazing video, whatever. But he's a grown man who's like 15 plus years older than her and has mercilessly beat her up in the press since she was a teenager for no fucking reason. And, you know, as as much as, yeah, I I wish I could be on Kanye's side, I I do think Taylor Swift is kind of right on this one he he overstepped his boundaries with the things he said and also let's not forget in that video she was like a made there was a naked yeah. whacked figure of her in a bed with him yeah. that had you know like her like nipples and body parts like hand done yeah. based on her proportions you know that's also fucking perverse and why is kanye so fixated on this woman and not you know not just talking about having sex with her but like to an extent where he's literally getting a whacked figure of her body made it's just weird it's weird his obsession is weird i think he knows how to work the the media game he knows that any little thing that he does he knows how to get their attention Bottom line, he is with mm-hmm. the Kardashians and they know how to funnel the the media machine. They know how to get tabloid press if they want it. And I think he continues to have these little tactics where he takes advantage of the fact that he knows he's going to get coverage out of it and he uses it to promote his own music and businesses. And so I think with Taylor... I, again, I don't love her like like with like what you said. I don't love her. I think she also kind of does the same thing and plays the victim a little too much. I did see her Miss totally. Americana documentary, and it did make me have a different, you know, a little bit of a soft spot for her. Um, but I think in this particular instance, he was 
you know, he did cross the line by calling her out of her name and he did cross the line by, I think that's where he really crossed the line was the naked wax figure of her in the video. And he did it to a lot of other people in the video too. Ray J was in it. Like there were a few other people. (laughs) Trump was in it um, where I'm just like, he knows what he's doing and he needs to not play this like, you know, like he needs to not let her take all the heat for reacting and, and feeling like a victim. Um, and he needs to hold some accountability for himself as well. But I loved how in the, um, in the actual video, he's talking about how, you know, Kim wasn't, uh, she wasn't comfortable with him saying that he might still have sex with Taylor Swift. And like that made her uncomfortable that line. And so he wanted, she wanted him to change it. And then at the end of the day, he still ended up saying he might still have sex with Taylor Swift. So like he has no regard for even his wife. Like at this point, he's just like doing what he thinks is going to be the most salacious. Totally. And I think Chris Jenner is bored right now. And I was thinking when I was like, just thinking about the Kardashians earlier, like, you know, what would be amazing if Kylie came out with like a Corona lip kit, obviously with a K <laughs> and like all, all of the money goes to like getting masks and helping hospitals. And, and I feel like she could really do a, a really big debt. Like, I feel like she could really make a dent in helping people who See, need help during this time financially. If, hospitals, if there's anybody that should be taking advantage of that right now and helping people with this, coronavirus outbreak it's kylie jenner kim i saw that kim was doing something with her skims line um and she was donating to baby to baby and i love baby to baby um but i feel like kylie is definitely i feel like she's i don't know i feel like they have so much media attention and so much money and so much opportunity that they should be a lot more philanthropic than they actually are um, and I know they, I think Kim is probably the most philanthropic, uh, Courtney, I know is trying to have her moment with like, you know, trying to have environmental rights and all of that stuff. But I think, okay, Kim, Courtney, <laughs> I think she, you know, she's trying, you know, she's not, I mean, <laughs> yeah, her, her, her effort is like, her effort is like 5% and that's like the most we're ever going to get out of her. So the fact that she's <laughs> even putting that in, I'm like, you know what? I'll give you a pat on the back girl. Um, but <laughs> I think, you know, Kim is doing her thing, but I think the other sisters could definitely fall in line and like you know try to do real philanthropy and not just do these bogus pepsi commercials that end up falling tone deaf and flat forget that commercial oh my god she was like wait what i don't understand why people are mad it's like oh my god that is exactly the problem (laughs) and the hard thing the hard thing is there the kardashian family is in such a bubble that i don't know if they're fully aware of how tone deaf they come off sometimes and the worst part is the people that they have around them the people like pepsi just think that they're going to be okay because they're the the because they're this you know like big iconic pop culture family that they aren't going to get that sort of backlash and like you still have to be sensitive to like what culturally is appropriate and not appropriate um and i think yeah they just have too many yes people around them totally and also like rooms of exclusively white people you know like it's just like everybody on the kylie scene is probably white as they come everybody at the pepsi level who is making decisions are all white you know straight probably men you know making these decisions and then that's why you get tone deaf yes absolutely (laughs) oh god and but you know what the fucked up thing is is that like Kendall like goes completely unscathed. She's like now yeah. doing proactive commercials. It's like, babe, what pimple? Like, 
And she's like, look, I had psoriasis once. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, okay, you fucking take them all. I know. All I'll buy her acne stuff. <laughs> yeah, her entire her entire Instagram feed is like Adidas proactive and like teeth whitening. Like I'm like, there's no even like why do people follow you? There's no content here other than like paid advertisements. <laughs> That was like shit I cared about in the 11th grade. Like Adidas, <laughs> proactive. Right. And I was like, I need whiter teeth. <laughs> Fresh white strips. Like, come on. Oh my God. I love it. Um, Megan, <laughs> what uh, what what else are you obsessing over in pop culture at the moment? What am I obsessing over? Uh, let's see. Let me kind of pull up my little B-listed. Do you like B-listed new- the website? Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. It's oh so fucked God. up. I know. There's it's so bad but so good. Ugh. Are there any other um, shows that you're wildly obsessed with or any any news oh, that you've wow, read recently yeah. that you want to dish on before we close out the well, show? I have to say Tiger King is this new show on Netflix and uh, I mm. am friends with someone who produced it and it's this weird new docuseries. It's eight parts and it's about like the uh, like exotic animal collector, uh, you know, society in yeah. Florida. And it, it sounds insane. I sound crazy when I'm trying to explain it, but I'm telling you, go watch it. You'd think it's a mockumentary, but every character is real. All the drama and the stories are completely real. And I'm only four episodes in. And so that is what I'm going to be doing all night tonight. Ooh, and I cannot wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so I, I say watch that. I think I'm going to do a bonus episode on my show about it. I obviously not Bravo related, but I'm like, the show is so good. I need to talk about it and for hours, hours on end. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Yeah, no, I can't. My brain's going to, like, my brain needs some sort of new stimulation. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. It's so good. <laughs> and because it's also, like, you see, like, beautiful baby cubs. You see little tigers and jaguars and stuff. You see, like, pretty big cats. Like, oh, they're like, we're obsessed with big cats. So, like, this is the weirdest fucking thing. What am I doing <laughs> in my life? But, yeah. Here I am being like, everybody needs to watch it. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Um, all right. Well, thank you for joining, Megan. I'm so excited to to actually get to do this this episode with you and to get you to have on have you on no filter. I know. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I can't believe we've talked for like fifty five minutes. It felt like no time at all. It but felt like it's been so fun. That's always, minutes. That's always the sign of a good show, at least for me. When I'm like, oh my God, wow, I'm not completely depleted by the end of this. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> no, when it's like fun banter and you have good conversations and there's like some good, like juicy tea mixed into it, I'm like, yes, that's when you know it's a good interview. Yes, all of the yes. But yeah, thank you again for having me on. You have to come on my show. Now, I actually, all my recording beats got shifted because I'm not recording in video too. So I'm pretty free. But yeah, definitely in the next few weeks, you should totally come on back. I am 100% down. Um, Megan, once again, where can people yes. tune in to Bravo Happy Hour? Where can they follow you? Pimp your shit out. Pimp my shit. So you can listen to the show on Monday and Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you hear things. And then follow me on Bravo Happy Hour on Instagram. And yeah, I haven't been using my personal Instagram because I'm trying to like take a break and Smart. it's actually been going surprisingly well, but now I'm actually just on my Bravo <laughs> Instagram so much more. So I'm actually super active in stories and stuff. So yeah, check it out. 
so smart. It's hard to like stay off of your personal account. Like I've gotten like a ripped apart in my personal accounts on social media. Um, just cause like, you know, I have a lot of thoughts and I feel like right now the fact that everyone's at home and they like can read every post that you're posting in real time and they like need some sort of stimulation that they get. So they're a lot more hypersensitive. So anything that I post is either wildly hilarious or wildly offensive. And so everybody's just going like crazy on social media right now. So I'm, and trying to like stay sane. <laughs> I know it's kind of hard, and I was feeling it like, ooh. Yeah, go for it. You were feeling like what? Oh no, no, no. Oh no, I was feeling like everybody was going crazy. So I was like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, one hundred. Um, everybody needs to tune into Bravo Happy Hour. Megan, thank you so much for calling in. Once again, what are your social thank handles you. for they so they can follow you right now? Bravo Happy Hour. That's it. I love it. At Bravo Happy Hour, you guys can follow at Just Plain Zach to follow me. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach. We have really funny Bravo memes. We have lots of tea and dish. We had Reza and Adam Farahan on the show on Monday. This upcoming Friday, we have another special guest. We have Ashley Keating, who's going to be on the show, and we're talking all about Love is Blind. It's going to be so good, and I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, and then next week, we have one of Real Housewives of New Jersey's most scandalous cast members, Amber Marchese, is going to be on the show. So send me your questions for her right now you know i'm gonna ask her all of them don't forget to tune in to hashtag no fields with zach peter every monday and wednesday and now fridays during this quarantine all right guys i'm gonna go stalk my neighbors a little more and post to my instagram stories and probably make some really cute meals that i'll post on my stories but uh thank you megan and i will talk to you guys next time okay bye Thanks.